Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us for the Real Perspectives podcast. We hope you'll enjoy this episode and share it with your colleagues and friends because it has some nugget of information that may pertain to your daily work. There are more episodes in our library, too, so if you like them or have any thoughts, ideas, or suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks again. Innovation in home building is something that many companies have been pursuing recently. But Mountainview-based Aura Homes is taking a truly new approach. The company is focusing on infill construction and development opportunities, and the homes are going to be carbon negative and sustainably built. How they'll get there is what Carl Gish, the company's co-founder and co-CEO, is here to tell us. So welcome to the podcast, Carl. Carl, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vlad. Where do we find you today? Where are you? I'm in not-so-sunny uh, San Francisco Bay Area. We've okay. been fortunate <laughs> to have some rain recently, and uh, and it's still happening. Okay. Well, listen, that's that, that's not the worst thing that can happen in Northern California these days, right? So water water's exactly. good. Water's good. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Carl, um, as sort of uh, a way of, uh, uh, by way of introduction, Tell us a little bit about you, your background, you know, how you got into this business um, and just sort of, you know, how the road of your career kind of got you, got you to where you are today. Yeah. So my background is, is actually not in construction or architecture. It's really, I've spent most of my career in, in product development, general management, in consumer facing businesses. And uh, except for being sort of having done home renovations and being a bit of a, a DIY person myself, not, uh, not, it was not a, an industry that I was planning to, to make a career in. However, the opportunity presented itself, uh, the, the genesis of, of our company was actually came out of, uh, somebody who, who, uh, who'd studied the industry and, um, had this notion that there was potentially a, a way to to build build homes a bit differently uh, okay. and end up with better better quality homes um, that are better th- for the environment. And I got uh, I sort of got um, hooked. <laughs> I got uh, I got I got addicted to the idea a little bit, and so uh, for the last couple of years, I've been been focusing on that. Okay, so tell us about about that genesis. Tell us about RO Homes and kind of you know what your mission is and what are you guys trying to accomplish that's you know different from from the rest of the industry. Yeah, so essentially, what we're trying to accomplish, our mission, if you will, is to develop a, a, a different sort of improved way of of building residential housing. And improve, by improved, I mean that we can build homes more quickly with less waste and build homes that are environmentally friendly, uh, really, really livable in terms of their design and the actual environment that the home uh, provides uh, and customers, families, um, and do that at, at sort of its scale. And we think there's an opportunity to bring basically sort of a product focus and sort of 
some levels of technology to this this industry that everybody knows, uh, in particular residential, hasn't evolved or innovated much in in the last several decades. Yeah, and so how how will you guys do that? Yeah, that's a great question, and and we have a lot to to do to to prove it out. Um, one of the first things I'll say is that there's a lot of smart people who've who've thought about this and, and tackled these these issues and opportunities before. Um, and, and we don't think that we're smarter than any of them, uh, probably far, far from it. And at the same time, we had the benefit, we have the benefit of learning from all the, the things that, that other people have done, the ones that have been successful um, in sort of um, industrialized uh, construction, residential construction, whether that's the Lennars, the Pulteys, the Champions and Claytons of the world. And then lots of people who tried um, other approaches that have, have not been as successful, right? Um, uh, including, frankly, Katera, where, where we have a, a, a several of our founding team members come, come from Katera, and we could talk about that later. But our approach fundamentally is to as I said, bring bring sort of a traditional product focus to this this whole uh, this whole opportunity, and, and there's sort of three components to that. The first is to own the process end to end. Today, there's myriad stakeholders, you know, both across the board, right, and, and they all have their own sort of inputs and agendas, and, and we think we'll be able to be successful if we if we can control the process uh, end to end. So, from identifying properties all the way to after sale. Um, the other thing we'll do is we're going to try to cre- do as much of the construction off-site as possible. Um, obviously, off-site construction, everybody knows, can be more efficient, less yeah. less uh, wasteful, lots of savings, et cetera, and higher quality. Um, and then the third piece uh, is that we're going to essentially have a singular design. There's no customization in our model. We, we know from looking at, at – uh, both just the, the the basic economics of the business model and looking at at people who've who've tried similar things before, the customization at the sort of end customer level just creates a ton of headaches and inefficiencies. Um, so th- that's sort of the business model, uh, the key components of it. And and then the other piece that we're doing is we're we're really trying to um, to build a product that is is truly sort of world-class in terms of the environmental footprint. So our initial homes are carbon negative. Um, that's achieved by just a really efficient envelope insulation, all the, all the things, you know, the standard approaches to creating a really high quality, uh, efficient home. And then, um, using some offsetting renewable solar generation. So net our, our first home is, is carbon negative, um, we're studying the embodied carbon and looking at ways to reduce that as well over time. And our belief is that, um, that with good design, really thoughtful design and the ability to not have to worry about customization, that we can create, you know, cost effective, high quality homes that are also environmentally, you know, sort of super friendly. And as I said, you know, we're, we're in the process of doing it. We're building our first house right now. Uh, we, uh, we have a, a property and about to get our second property. So we're just now firing up the engine, if you will. But so far we've been really encouraged about what's possible. 
So, Carl, um, when you said about, you know, you're trying to build uh, one of the most sustainable products out there, um, but you're also trying to do it at scale with, you know, lots of efficiency, um, I imagine there's got to be sort of a fair level of kind of, you know, rub between, you know, sustainable design versus need for speed, if you will, right? Um, wh where are you with that? You know, is that something that's, uh, you know, causing... Um, uh, you know, a challenge for you guys, or or do you feel like you know the industry is sort of ready, you know, with the technology and with everything that exists today that that can be accomplished? Yeah, that, that's a great question, and we we haven't run into too too big or too many conflicts in that regard. Our approach is is not to do anything unnatural or sort of bleeding edge. Um, but by the use of heat pumps, electric water heaters, really tight envelope, um, high R insulation, um, other things, we are able to, um, to get really effective um, environmental footprint without doing sort of extraordinary things. And one of the advantages that that we have that most other uh, builders don't have is that we can invest in a single design at a level that nobody would ever do for a, for a single 3000 square foot, uh, you know, four bedroom home. But because we're going to build that home over and over again, we're investing a lot into the design. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and to the point where we're able to use the wiring and plumbing runs, electrical runs in a four bedroom, 3000 square foot home that are equivalent to what you'd find in a one or two bedroom apartment. It's just about efficiency yeah. um, and, and design. And it's not like anybody else couldn't do this if they put their mind to it. As I said, it, it's not like we're, you know, we've developed some, you know, uh, earth shattering IP right. intellectual property yeah. or, or, or new technology, right? It's just taking the best of what's out there, um, applying it with our business model and the benefit of being able to do, to learn over time, continuous improvement, lean manufacturing. Um, th those are all, all things that we have a lot of experience in, in our company through, through other, uh, through previous either industries or, or even within the, the construction industry. And so far we're finding that, um, that we're able to hit, hit our goals pretty, pretty much, um, as we expected. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, you were trying to do construction off site, So that implies, you know, a factory, um, or, or some kind of, you know, off, off site development, right? Is, is, is that where, where you're heading? Um, and will one factory suffice? Um, you know, what are, what's, you know, maybe it's too early to sort of say what your end goal is, but, um, you know, how do you plan to, you know, accomplish that if let's say you want to grow from, you know, California to, you know, you know, the rest of the West coast into the Midwest and elsewhere. Yeah. So we, we are doing, um, as much construction as we can, as much, as much of the buildings we can offsite, um, for I think a, a lot of reasons that are well understood, you know, quality, labor costs, safety, um, the ability to build, you know, 365 days a year, et cetera. And w our model is to sort of, to have manufacturing facilities, a, a construction plant that is 
close to demand. So our initial plant is in Sacramento, and that'll serve the Bay Area mainly. Um, And we we don't have a ton of automation. We we don't see a need for automation. Um, There's lots of efficiencies and savings just bringing the existing processes in-house. You know, there's some things that are that are way more efficient, framing tables and um, uh, things like that. Um, but they're relatively asset light manufacturing facilities, you know, really focusing on things like lean principles and the rest to, to drive efficiency and quality. Yeah. And, um, yeah, over time, once we've proven that out, uh, we'll we'll look to expand that into other markets. Uh, at some point, it may make sense to have more of a centralized um, facility, but that—that's you know—that's not something we're we're thinking about yet because it's you know we got to focus on thing one, which is proving our ability to build you know sort of carbon negative homes in the timeframes we're talking about yeah. at the margins yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. One of the obvious questions around, um, you know, home building, um, which has been impacted like every other industry in terms of, you know, supply chain challenges and that kind of stuff. Have you guys experienced that as well? Or um, or, or are you not at that scale yet where that's sort of a big concern right now for you guys? Yeah, there's a couple of uh, thoughts about that, Vlad. One is we uh, we actually started the company at a pretty good time. Um, in terms of the supply chain issues that a lot of them were resolved as we started building sort of the end of last year, or at least they, 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 uh, you know, prices of lumber and things like that had come back to, to, to normal. Um, not to say that we haven't seen some supply chain issues, but they haven't been too bad. Um, but the world has changed dramatically in a year, right? I mean, on so many dimensions, interest rates, consumer demand, supply chain, you name it, uh, you know, f- capital markets. And we, uh, w- the fact that we're starting out now has actually been, we think, an advantage because as we st- do start to scale and have proven out our model, you know, the market is cyclical. Uh, we should be coming into it at, at a good time. There is a uh, graphic that you guys put together that sort of you know defines kind of your your market space, if you will, and what the opportunity is. And I'm you know curious if if you wouldn't mind just kind of giving us a you know a v- kind of a verbal overview of where you see this opportunity. So if I can try to describe it, it 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 shows kind of a you know X Y axis, right? And it and it sort of defines kind of local builders, regional builders, you know, production builders, and and it kind of you know goes from you know lower left up to the sort of upper right, if you will, kind of the dots sort of you know connect of all the companies, and then you guys are kind of outside of that sort of um, scale, kind of you know on the high on the sort of scale of operations and, and and low in terms of you know distance to urban center, if you will. So basically, where nobody else plays. Um, you know, you know. Tell us why why that's an important sort of market space for for you, and how that will you know define what 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 you know you guys are. Yeah, that, that's uh, it's it's something we spend a fair amount of time looking at and thinking about, uh, and, and that's frankly that that area of essentially infill residential infill. Uh, the there's 86 million homes plus or minus in the United States, single family homes in the United States today. Uh, the, av- the, the average age, I think, is 40 something years. And a lot of those homes are in 
pretty urban, densely populated areas, and they were built in the 30s, yeah. 40s, 50s, and 60s. Um, and and they need they need and the you know if, if if you will sort of the towns and cities need to update those homes. They're yes. environmentally <laughs> really inefficient, uh, right. <laughs> both uh, not not just from an operating cost, right? The amount of fuel and water and and electricity they use is you right. know they're using outdated technology, right? Um, and they weren't built knowing what we know today. So today, that that market is not really served except by small entrepreneurs in in various towns, and there isn't anybody sort of trying to address it at, at scale. And that's where we see an opportunity. Uh, to be able to say it takes a couple of years to redevelop an existing infill, you know, residential infill property, depending on where you are. Um, you know, it's built on site. All, all the, the challenges and issues that, that people in the industry are, are, are intimately familiar with. And we think our approach can help um, resolve some of those issues and, and solve that problem of, hey, how do you, how do you replace these homes with modern, super livable, super efficient homes um, and do that uh, quickly and at scale and without the waste that exists today. So that's really the market we're focused on. And it's massive. And if we're wildly successful to building several thousand homes a year, we'll still be a drop in the bucket. Um, And so part of what we hope we can do, and I, and I don't mean for this to sound in any way arrogant, uh, but if we can, if we can help test out and, and prove out some of these concepts, we think we can maybe help um, help the industry yeah. address some of these yeah. longstanding problems. And again, not not to say, you know, again, I don't I don't want to. There's lots of people smarter than I and us that have that have tried to solve this, and so we we have a lot to prove and a lot to learn, um, and. One of the reasons we think we may be able to be successful is because we have uh, really studied and continue to talk to and get input from people who are are experts in in the industry. Frankly, a lot of them are skeptical, um, and that that helps makes us better, right? Um, Because it it makes us reevaluate or evaluate, are we really doing this the right way? Have we really thought through the potential issues yeah, um, and and we're continuously doing that. Makes sense. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, how would you define the state of the industry today? I mean, there's obviously, you know, if you kind of read the news, you know, the housing market is, you know, slowing down. Although there are some, um, you know, more recent kind of announcements um, and you know, news that things are sort of normalizing a little bit, right? In in terms of just the overall sort of housing market in general. Um, how, how would, how would you sort of describe kind of what, what's happening in, in the market today? And, you know, we're talking here, you know, early February of 2023. Yeah. So I, and I am no expert in, I, I won't hold you to it. <laughs> <construction> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I'll, I'll make that clear. I, I will, I want to yeah, make that clear. I, no. and, I'm, and I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and I'm sure nobody's going to be hanging on my, uh, <laughs> predictions or assessments, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the case. That said, uh, I do have the benefit of sort of not having my whole life spent in the industry, and I can apply my learning from lots of other industries. And there's kind of two things I think of when I, I think of sort of the broader construction real estate markets. And one is what's happened 
because of the economy, right? And that's that's a traditional, I think, cyclical. Although each time it's a little bit different with interest rates and supply chain and and sort of the building cycles and the and the the, the, the sort of up and down of that. And and I think we're we're in one of those, some version of that. And recently, obviously, there's been some pretty encouraging data. Yeah. Uh, mortgage rates have been coming down for the last few weeks. Uh, it, we're seeing in our markets buyer interest uh, is coming is coming back pretty aggressively. We're in a in a pretty insulated market here in the Bay Area. So I'd say one thing is just the sort of quote unquote traditional real estate cycles. And then I think there's the effects of COVID and the the sort of I'll call them semi-structural impacts. Not the least of which is what's going on in commercial real estate, right? Where just looking at some data today, uh, 50% of uh, office yeah. space in the U.S. is still unoccupied. Um, and that that's th- those are sort of tectonic or, or sort of seismic changes in in the market and consumer behavior in 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 the state of things and and there are implications obviously for the housing market um, residential housing market from COVID in terms of um, so what we were talking about even in 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 Seattle the Seattle area people working from home changing what they need out of their homes um, putting more value on uh, on yeah, sort of right home life, if you will, quality of life, and and that has effect. So I, I think it's really there's there's a couple of big things happening right now, um, and they'll continue to you know to impact. And, and one of the things we think about as we as we build our business and, and prove out our model is not locking into or not expecting any of the sort of key variables to say to stay constant it's one of the things you know if you just look at the data the, the, the markets yeah. yeah are are variable they, they change and, and you need to be able to react to that um you uh mentioned that you had some uh of your of your employees uh work at a you know company called katera which sort of doesn't exist anymore but but it was very innovative in the sense that it was kind of you know proposing uh you know building a lot of you know multifamily kind of you know, developments off off site, and they were sort of really trying to kind of innovate that you know space. Um, uh, we we won't get into sort of why they're not around and that kind of thing, but I, I do sort of sometimes wonder if they were just ahead of their time. Um, and I'm curious for for you guys, um, you know, as as you said, you know, you always keep evaluating, you know, what you're doing, and sort of some people kind of give you. Um, you know, skeptical sort of you know perspective, but 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 I but I am curious. You know, is is the, has the time come for that um, type of scale um, that you know you know Katera was you know trying to accomplish, and um, what what gives you hope in in sort of understanding the market? Yeah, so as you say, I I, I won't go into lots of other people have have done so better than I could. Sort of why Katera imploded if you will um and there are lessons to to learn from that and and we've tried to we have uh several of our founding employees uh, were ex-katera um relatively senior and very experienced um sort of some of the the longest tenured and and really really capable employees there in the design and engineering and manufacturing uh disciplines and there, there are some things I think it's pretty clear. Katera was was probably getting right 
and there's some other things where clearly uh, they, they weren't. And I do think to your point, hey, is is there an, you know may things shift, may things evolve more towards the direction of yeah, sort of offsite construction, more efficient uh, building um, sort of methods. And I think if you look to Europe, um, there's there's a good example of how big and how impactful some of those approaches can be in some of the northern uh, European countries where, you know, offsite building in residential and other things represents, you know, 20, 30 yeah. percent of their of their markets. And there's a lot to be learned from that. And I, I don't I wouldn't, again, predict or begin to predict that, oh, we're at the cusp of changing how building is happening in this country. I mean, it's such a massive um, and complicated uh, industry with so many different facets and, and, and um, segments. And at the same time, I, I do think that uh, the time is ripe. Um, multidisciplinary, cross-functional approaches, integrating the different disciplines, embracing and integrating and coordinating yeah. Some of these technologies, low voltage, heat yeah, pumps, right, some right. of them have been around for a very long time. And and, and our experience is again, I'm 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 no expert, but that, that there's a, a bit of a I guess I'll call it a risk aversion in the industry, that it's safer and easier to <laughs> right. stick with what's tried and <laughs> right, true. Right. And there's lots of reasons for that, right? There's lots of reasons. And and I'm not yeah, I'm not uh thrown shade on anybody and one of the benefits we have is sort of being new and not having um not having that uh that sort of in existing infrastructure and approach we're actually looking to embrace some of those um new technologies new approaches we're not we're not doing you know we're not going out to try to build new uh radically new approaches to things we don't think we need to um there, yeah. there's a lot of really good technology like i said everything from heat pumps to you know um uh, low voltage lighting systems that provide yeah. much healthier lighting through the use of sort of digitized diurnal light spectrum things yeah. that right they're not right. expensive anymore sensors and chips and it you can you could put the stuff in the house it doesn't really cost that much more um and you end up with a with a more interesting, more livable, more enjoyable home at the end of it. Right, right. Um, you talked about um, you know b building some homes now. Where, where are you building them? What does that product look like? Maybe maybe you can describe it in terms of you know living room downstairs, bedrooms upstairs. You know how how is it lay, lay, laid out um, as a as a home? Yeah, so we partnered with a with a, a very well known architect who we haven't announced yet, but we've been working them for for quite a while, and and we we've, we've designed and are now building what we think is a is a really sort of am, amazing, if you will, a great home for people to live in, for families to live in. It's a three thousand square foot, four to five bedrooms, so a four bedroom an office or five bedroom three bath home uh with uh an office and a guest room downstairs two bedroom two uh bedrooms and a primary bedroom upstairs with laundry 
uh, uh, primary bath and a third bathroom upstairs. So um, one of the things that really makes this house, I think, particularly um, uh, well-designed is, is the, the sight lines, the thoughtfulness that went into the design, the, the, the placement and the size of the natural lighting, the indoor-outdoor living that's that's um, enabled from the design, the efficiency of the envelope, um, just the, the thoughtfulness of the layout, you know, ultimately consumers, yep, yep. you know, the families that, that decide to, to buy or not buy and how much they pay for it will decide. At the same time, we're pretty excited because we think when we look around it, at the new construction that's happening in sort of residential infill, we think our home will will stack up really, really well. And it's designed and built to last, you know, several generations, right? We, uh, we expect to be able to offer after purchase services to our, to our buyers. And, um, and that's, that's an opportunity that I think a lot of, a lot of people in the industry don't take advantage of. Yeah. yeah. Where are you guys in terms of the fundraising? I I think you mentioned at the beginning of the, of the other conversation that, you know, you've, you you know, these, you know, a couple of years, right. That you've, you guys have been around, um, but just in terms of like the fundraising and the sort of life cycle of the of the company, where where are you guys? Yeah, so we raised at the beginning of last year, so a little over a year ago, um, about twenty million dollars in venture capital and debt uh, from innovation endeavors, Eric Schmidt's venture capital firm, as well as uh, Western Technology and a couple of other investors, and. Uh, we're, like I said, we're, we're in the process of building our first home. We expect to sell several homes this year and be generating, uh, substantial revenue and they continue to scale from there. Unclear whether we'll want or need additional investment to scale the business, uh, more quickly or not, or whether we'll just, uh, self fund through, through sales of, of homes as we go. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And, um, and so what is, uh, what is kind of the, you know, the, the big few items that you guys have on the docket for the, you know, for silver future, you know, 12, 18, 36 months, um, where, where does our homes go? Yeah. So our, our big focus for, for the near term, the next six, 12, you know, 18 plus months is really just focused on proving out our model building, uh, the homes that, that we're, that we're building and doing it, uh, as fast as well and cost effectively as we can. Like we discussed, you know, it's obviously a complicated process. There's a lot of stakeholders, not the least of which is permitting and site work. And you don't have it in, uh, in Seattle, but we have this company here called PG and E, which you may have <laughs> yes. heard of. Um, and, and they are, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you, you may have a sense of, um, you know, the kind of lead sure. times, yep. uh, and the kind of things that, that they impose on, on our, on our business. And, you know, we're actually working with them. We're, we're trying to help them figure out ways to enable instead of, d- 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 you know, detracting yeah. from yeah. The, the, the speed and quality of new home building. But, uh, yeah, so it's really, you know, 
before we get ahead of our skis, we, we've already bitten a lot, a lot off to chew on. And, and that's what we're, we want to stay super focused on our core mission and, and building that capability. Because once we've done that and once we've proven that to ourselves and our investors and, and other people in the industry, that'll open up opportunities to, to look at lower income housing, uh, multifamily if we choose, et cetera. Um, but first we have to do what we set out to do and, and we're in the process of doing that and so far on track. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Um, Carl, um, I like to close kind of with a you know few questions around you know a personal perspective on the industry, but also you know you know goals and kind of you know lessons learned. So, um, you know, if if you were to kind of you know give your younger self some advice in terms of you know being open to new new environments, and it sounds like you've come from a different sort of world than than home building, um, which I think is very interesting. But um, you know advice to your younger self, like I said, to, uh, you know, things, you know, now that you wish you knew maybe, you know, 20 plus years or so ago. Right. Um, what, what would that be? Wow. That's a, that's a big question. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And this may sound counterintuitive, but for me personally, I'd say it would actually be patience. Um, particularly around things, um, industries, um, just the, uh, the way things are done and, and realizing that to create the change and to influence, um, effectively, you know, in big ways takes, some time it takes truly yeah. understanding and listening and understanding why things are the way they are uh as opposed to maybe um wanting to you know be beat beat yourself your head against the wall and take them on head on um that there's uh you know sometimes that that slowing down to to speed up or to have a bigger impact uh that's probably one of the biggest things and and frankly it, it has obvious uh, implications for for era homes and, and what we're trying to do um because as i said you know it's not like we're the first ones to, to come up with some of these ideas or approaches yeah um yeah and one of the things we spent a long time almost a year talking to hundreds of of industry veterans and and people who had been successful and people who had failed frankly uh and we learned from both but not assuming that, um, oh, we're just going to come in and, and change everything. Uh, yeah, cause there, there's right. very good reasons that things are the way they are. Um, yeah. And some of those should be the way they are and some have an opportunity to be done differently. And this is, um, you know, this is an industry that in many ways I think is exciting, ripe for innovation and, um, disruption, if you will, you know, to, to words we hear often in Silicon Valley, right? Mm. Um, people will probably like to get involved somehow. Um, what would be some advice, you know, how to, how to get involved in this business and um, how to make an impact? Yeah, I think there, there's an opportunity, d depending on how people want to get involved, there's the, there's the personal, uh, obviously, approach, which is to um, 
sort of encourage and embrace some of the the newer uh, approaches or technologies uh, that are that are starting to to sort of become more mainstream. And I mean, you saw that, I mean, something as simple as fluorescent bulbs and now LED bulbs, you know, Um, that's been a massive over time, you know, it's happened somewhat slowly, but if you think about the impact that that's huge. And so I think, you know, there's sort of the individual uh, things that whether you're in the industry or not, you can, you can, you can have an impact both on yourself and the industry. Um, And then there's, you know, if, I, again, I don't. I don't want to pretend to to have any answers for people who are are much more expert in the industry than I am. Uh, however, I, I would say, and I think everybody recognizes this, it's something that because I'm not from the industry per se, I just see so much opportunity. Um, yeah. Having come from industries that are you know large, scaled, you know massive businesses. That, that touch you know millions of people's lives. You see how how much opportunity there is in something like residential construction, where there's just so much inefficiency, so much opportunity. Um, so that's one of the things. Personally, I'm I'm super excited to. I, I think there's a lifetime, frankly, of of ways to add value and and create you know better living environments for the people, the families who live in the homes. Um, better environmental impact for, you know, uh, most people aren't aware of this. I wasn't until I looked at the data, but 23% of global carbon emissions come from residential housing. Um, yeah. which is, you know, when yep. you stop and think about it, that's, that's massive. Um, and obviously, like I said, there's 86 million homes, so we're not going to change that overnight in any, in any way. And at the same time, as I said, there, there's just so much opportunity, which, which, as you mentioned, is super exciting. Carl, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. Uh, this was a great uh, opportunity to learn more about our homes and what you guys are up to. I wish you uh, best of luck in 2023 and look forward to you know, hearing about phase two and phase three as you guys grow. Yeah, thanks, Vlad. It's been, it's been great to chat with you and, and appreciate the opportunity to share some of what we're doing. That was another episode of the Real Perspectives podcast, and we thank you for taking the time to listen to it. Conversations like these help us comprehend our evolving industry better and hopefully provide a perspective that helps you understand the dynamics of commercial real estate. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our show and tell your colleagues about it. That is the best way to spread the news and help us remain relevant across the industry. Cheers. Cheers.